America, we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. The Morning Hookup on ESPN Lincoln. Yes, it's time to make some money. Welcome back into the Morning Hookup. Hour 2 starts right now. Will Wilson in with you, Thew Malone, and of course Nick Greggett is back. Hanging out. For the next few days. I, once I heard that I'd get a chance to talk to Marco, I was like, fine. I'll be here. That's why because I got to see Marco. That's why he's back. That's right. And we got Marco on the show right now. Marco, good morning. What's up, man? Hey guys, how's it going? It's good. good. It's uh, kind of cold here. It's looking at minus thirty-one wind chill, but uh, you know we're getting through it. Uh, how, how's it going with you? How's Christmas uh, shopping? Uh, we're doing. We're doing. We still got a little bit to go. Uh, it's been a busy time of the year with uh, for me with football, basketball, hockey. Uh, we got it all going on. <laughs> how's uh, How's the bowl season been treating you so far? We've been very selective uh, so far, and uh, you know that's what we'll talk about when we look at a couple games today. Uh, it's a different handicap now. You know, before it was, you know, you got a handicap motivation in the bowl games. Uh, teams that might be disappointed thought they were going to a better bowl. But then the last few years, the trend has been, well, you know what, I'm going to the NFL. I don't want to risk getting hurt. I want to prepare for the NFL draft, so I'm going to sit out. If that wasn't bad enough, now we've got everybody in a transfer portal, and you don't know who's playing. It's uh, making it very tough uh, with these early bowl games, that's for sure. I was going to ask you, how much do you have to pay attention to transfer portal and then that, the kids that are wanting to go to the pros early? Because it seems like a lot of your you know, players that help these teams get to where they're getting to, get to these bowl games, are not playing. Do you weigh that very heavily? Because I know like in the NFL, for example, you know, you got Hurts, Jalen Hurts is out this week so he obviously moves the line a little bit but like players it's it's rare you see like a seven eight point swing it's usually like a point or a point and a half right or even that's probably maybe kind of big well the books are on top of things the same way we are we're all scouring the same uh places and in the old days you know you had to really dig for this information now thanks to social media and such and all of the beat writers everybody wants to be first to the story so i get more information off of twitter following beat writers and transfer portal information and it does affect the lines because what ends up happening especially um, if you get two or three players that uh... enter the transfer portal and their linemen to most people they don't, you know, that doesn't move the needle for them. You lose a couple players and maybe the center, you know, off of an offensive line, that team's going to struggle. I'm sorry. There is a big difference between the starters and the backups. And if you get a cluster, I, I don't want to call them injuries because they're not injuries, but we use that phrase regarding injuries, cluster injuries. If you get cluster transfers, out of a certain position, defense, offense, secondary, whatever, that's going to cause problems. And, yes, we are looking at that very closely. Marco D'Angelo is on the show right now. Well, let's get into some picks. Let's start off with some bowl games. First game, Air Force and Baylor. 
Well, as I said, one of the key things in bowl games is you want a handicap motivation. Which team is happy to be where they're at and maybe the other one not so much? And that's the case here. Baylor at 6-6, six and six, how excited can they be? They're a Power 5 school out of the Big 12, uh, had you know a decent start to the season. Uh, second half of the season, they limped home, losing their final three games. Uh, yes, there's the motivation of finishing with a winning record. I like to look at that at some of these teams uh, that seven and six, you know, hey, we didn't have a losing season. But when you're a team like Baylor that, you know, in recent years has had ten win seasons and such, it's not that big of a deal to finish seven and six. On the flip side, we're looking at an Air Force team, we always talk about uh, motivation. Well, you know with a military school, you're going to get their best effort. There's no distractions. These teams are always focused. Now add to the fact that you've got Air Force with their quirky offense. You know how Air Force, Army, Navy run that triple option, uh, and it's tough to defend. You don't see it. Baylor never sees it in the Big 12. It's an advantage for Baylor they, I don't want to say an advantage. I'm going to say catch a break that they face this in a bowl game because you have more time to prepare for the, the quirky offense of uh, Air Force, but you still it's tough to perfect it. And when you're a Baylor team that struggled against stopping the run, that's a big problem. In fact, in um, – eight games this year, they have allowed 150 or more yards on the ground. And six of those eight games uh, went for 200 or more. Excuse me. So it's a situation where I'm going to take Air Force plus the points Getting in, we've seen this line been coming down during the week. Uh, the Sharps here in Vegas, like myself, all kind of agree. Air Force is a very live dog. We're going to call the out, outright upset Air Force 27-23. to 23. I got it still. Don't worry. It might have been two years, but I still got it. You don't miss a beat. No. Uh, next up, uh, the guaranteed rate bowl. Uh, Oklahoma State and Wisconsin, and according to my sheet here, I've got Wisconsin, who, who just went through a coach a couple coaching changes this year, almost Nebraska-ish life, still favored by three and a half. Um, with everything they've been through, I kind of looked at this one like uh, that. That was kind of surprising to me. What, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, the situation here is everything you said about Wisconsin is true. Transition and they got things going in, but here's the problem: you've got Oklahoma State at seven and five, Wisconsin at six and six. Uh, I think Wisconsin's going to be the much more motivated team. Why do I say that? Well, uh, even though Oklahoma State has had a good history in the bowl game, 6-1 and one against the spread since 2015 with Mike Gundy, it's a mess in Oklahoma State right now. Um, you have your quarterback that's been there for four years, Spencer Sanders. Um, when he was healthy and in the lineup this year, this offense really rolled. Uh, even being there four years and having one more year of eligibility because of the COVID rule, he's opted out. And that's a telling sign. And part of the reason is the handwriting's on the wall. Coach wants his son to play quarterback. Okay, so uh, I think the team is a little bit on a disconnect. Not everybody on the same page. Uh, you know, hey, it's Gundy's team and so forth. But you know what? Sanders has been your guy. Uh, I think he got a little bit of a raw deal here. And when he wasn't in the lineup because he was hurt um, towards the end of the season, they were a turnover machine. 
14 turnovers over the last five games. Sanders isn't uh, quarterbacking in this one. I am going with Wisconsin because what's Wisconsin going to do? We know what they do. They ground and pound. They're going to run the football at you. Oklahoma State, not good against um, the run. I think they're going to be able to dominate this game. And for Wisconsin, as you said about the coaching changes, coach has been hired, but He's not coaching in this game. The coach for this game is going to be the defensive uh, coordinator, interim head coach, Jim Leonard. He's been there 17 years. Uh, The team is going to play hard for him in this game. I like Wisconsin. I'm laying the three and a half. I've got him winning 27 to 17. Um, Marco, we're shifting over to the NFL, and we've got a big game tonight, which if you'd have told me a few weeks ago this is going to be a big game, I would have laughed. But now you've got Tennessee with injuries. Their quarterback is out. They're bringing in Malik Willis, who basically is a negative when it comes to offense on that team for Tennessee. So now Jacksonville has life. They're 6-8. and eight. They've got a shot to win their, their division and make the playoffs, and they're taking on a team in the Jets that also has life and has a chance to make the playoffs at a 7 seed. What do you see tonight? Yeah, all I know is that if you're an NFL football team, you should relocate to either the NFC South or the (laughs) AFC South because uh, right now there's not good football in either of those two divisions. And, yes, Jacksonville does have life. And Jacksonville last week, Dallas gifted them a game. They were getting blown out in that game. Dallas, a couple costly turnovers and, of course, the one at the end of the game in uh, overtime. But this is a spot where I think uh, the luck runs out for Jacksonville. They're going to be facing a Jets team that, guys, the offense is hard to watch at times. I agree about that. But this is one of the better defenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Last week, Detroit came in there. They got the win 20-17, to but it came down to two plays. Uh, punt return, so you had a breakdown on special teams by the Jets. And then late in the game, when the Jets had taken the lead, you had Detroit on a third and one. Dan Campbell, a absolute brilliant call. He had the entire Jets defense go in one direction, and he threw the football coming across the middle on a third and one that ended up going to the house, and uh, the Jets got caught with their pants down on that play. So other than those two plays, they held really one of the hottest offenses in the NFL last week, the Lions in check. I think they're going to do the same here with Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has had moments where he's looked very good uh, this season, but he's also, when you can get some pressure on him, made mistakes. I think the Jets will be able to control him. As far as the offensive side with the Jets, it's been, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. But what we did see last week was the return of Zach Wilson. A lot of times you see it, these guys that get benched, got to look at the game from the sidelines for a few. Uh, They get refocused. He didn't play poorly last week. He threw for 287. He's not the reason they lost last week. He should be a little more comfortable this week, second week back after missing a month uh, being benched. I like the Jets tonight. I've got them winning 23-17. to If you're looking for a high-scoring game, this is not the one for you. Uh, this is going to be a little bit ugly to watch. But at least we're going to watch an ugly Thursday night game that actually has playoff implications. Let me turn on my mic. Marco, next game we got Cincinnati at New England. Ooh. Let's go, yeah, Patriots. I'll tell you what. First of all, let's stop. And anybody that saw the end 
of the New England Raider game last week. <laughs> would you? I would. I would have done pay per view to be able to go into the locker room live after that game, the New England locker room, <laughs> and hear Bill Belichick. Can you imagine the locker room, the ride home, and practice all this week? Come on. This team is going to be wound tighter than a drum, New England. Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, they're fighting for their playoff lives uh, with after that loss last week. They've got a Cincinnati team that's coming in. That Right now, Cincinnati's the flavor of the month. They're the hot team. They're rolling. They've got the outside shot at, you know, stealing maybe home field. If somewhere along the line, Kansas City uh, stubs their toe, they... Buffalo, oh, wait a minute. They got a big game with Buffalo. When's that? Mm, that's right. Next week. Yeah, baby. Look at, <laughs> look at the schedule they've had. This team has been playing big games for uh, six weeks, basically. It started with their revenge game against Pittsburgh. And granted, Pittsburgh's down this year, but that's still a division game, and Pittsburgh beat them in week one. Then they went to Tennessee when Tennessee was still – uh, relevant and playing well. They beat Tennessee uh, on the road, back-to-back week road games. They come back home, Kansas City. You guys know that game. We talked about it on the show. I was on them in that game against Kansas City. After the KC game, they had every right to have a letdown. They didn't because they were playing another division rival, Cleveland, who embarrassed them on Monday Night Football earlier in the year. And then last week, go and play Tom Brady. Tampa Bay's bad, but again, you're always up for playing Tom Brady, and they came back from 17 down. Next week, they play Buffalo. I just cannot see them playing with the same intensity for this many weeks in a row. And add what I said about New England, I think New England's a live dog. Belichick's going to have them ready this week. I'm taking New England. I'm calling for another upset. Take the three and a half, but we got New England winning 24-23. Uh, next up, I, we've got Philadelphia uh, traveling to uh, Dallas. Uh, Dallas is a five-point favorite. Um, obviously, more, I, I think this is more of a must-win for Dallas. Philadelphia with a three-game lead over Dallas. I mean, obviously, the, the number one seed is still, you know, still important. But you know, I think getting Jalen Hurts healthy, maybe resting him, is probably more important for Philadelphia in the long run. But this Dallas team, you know, after after playing three inspired games against the Vikings, the Cowboys, and the Colts, the last two weeks against the Texans and the Jaguars, they've looked pretty pedestrian. Um, Five-point favorites at home on Christmas Eve. Uh, How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, this one we did see a big line move in this game when the the word come out on Jalen Hurts uh, being out for this game. Uh, Garden Minshew will take uh, the snaps this week. And you're right, um, Dallas is the team that needs the game more. But if you really look at it, Dallas is not going to catch Philadelphia for the division title. And being with their record, uh, already having 10 wins, we've talked about how bad this NFC uh, conference has been with the also-rans. They're not going to lose their spot for the wild card either. So I think there's too many points here. And talking about the backup quarterback with Minshew, this is a guy that's a capable quarterback. He started in the NFL. Um, Last year he came in a game for Jalen Hurts and played extremely well. Uh, won the game for Philadelphia. And if you remember a couple weeks ago, here on the show, when the first week when Brock Purdy took over for Jimmy G, we went with San Francisco. 
And we like to take those injured teams when you're getting the benefit of the line because Vegas always over-adjusts the line because they know what the public's going to do. The public always overreacts to injuries. I can't lay five points with Dallas right now. The defense is not playing good. As you said, yeah, they've had some lackluster performances, but they still were scoring points in those games, Dallas. was. The problem's been what they've been giving up. They gave up 40 points last week to Jacksonville. They gave up 23 points to Houston, and they trailed that whole, basically that whole game. They didn't take the lead to that final drive uh, where they went the length of the field and got it in for the touchdown. And that Indian Indianapolis game, if they blew out the Colts, if you just look at the final score, 54-19, to but if you remember, they went to the fourth quarter, the start of the fourth quarter, that game was 21-19, to and the Colts had that, gave up 33 points in the fourth quarter with a slew of turnovers and comedy of errors. Uh, I can't trust Dallas. I'm taking Philadelphia, and I'm actually going to go with the upset here. 30 to 27. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Both teams will move the football. Next game, Marco. We got Washington heading to San Francisco. Yeah, this is a game here that we just talked about San Francisco and how well they've done now with Brock Purdy in there for two starts. Everybody now's you know already you know ready to put him in the Hall of Fame after those first two starts. But let's just slow the roll a little bit. Um, they played Tampa Bay in the first game. Tampa Bay's not a good football team. And then last week on Thursday Night Football, they went to Seattle. Seattle had surprised a lot of teams this year, uh, playing well and was in the playoff hunt. But that was a division game. That was a game in which San Francisco, they win that game, they clinch the division, uh, and they got the job done. Now I think this is where you get that little bit of a letdown from San Francisco because they weathered the storm with Jimmy G uh, being hurt. They clinched the division. Yeah, they're still in the hunt for the number one seed, but it's more important just to get to the playoffs healthy. I think this is a flat spot for San Francisco and Washington after that Sunday night performance against the Giants. And I liked the Giants in that game last week because Washington was coming off their bye. And you say that should be an advantage. I always say it. Teams that go into their bye week um, when things aren't going well, that's a positive because you get to go in and work on things, fix things, and you come out focused. When you go into the bye on a roll like Washington was, it's a momentum stopper. That's the last thing you want to do. Everything's going well. You want to just keep going. But they had the bye week. They came out flat, in my opinion, and it cost them in that game. You're going to see a very good effort from Washington in this one. Yeah, they're going against the best defense in the NFL in San Francisco, but You can't lay a touchdown with a team that I think is going to struggle to score this week, San Francisco. And if you look at last week's game, they only put up 21 points against Seattle, and Seattle's been getting torched. The 21 points they put up, the opening drive, right before the half when they got a fumble at midfield, it was almost a scoop and score. Uh, They got it inside the five and then punched it in in first drive of the second half. Scripted plays got this team everything in the middle, not so much out of the offense last week. Take the points with Washington. Uh, I think this is a field goal game either way. All right, Marco, last but not least, <laughs> last but not least, future Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs are taking on the Seattle Seahawks, which, by the way, um, there is a person sitting in this room 
that is uh, used to host this show but hasn't for two years, that has 500 down on Mahomes for MVP at plus 900 Whoa. from before the season. Okay. Whoa. Okay. okay. I was driving through Iowa, and I got a wild hair. What can I say? There you had go. To, had to put it down. I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you, but the Chiefs you, are taking – what's that? You should you should feel good. You're 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 one of the, the strong favorites, and that's that, that's a very live ticket, and yeah, uh, that would be uh, that would be nice uh, belated uh, Christmas present. Here's the deal: my wife doesn't know about it, but luckily she's not listening, so <laughs> we're okay. We're okay on that. Uh, Marco, the Chiefs are taking on the Seahawks. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it's uh, what ten points, I think, is yep. the spread in yep. this game. Uh, which I thought for when I wrote this down, it says minus ten. I thought I was writing down the temperature that the game's <laughs> going to be when they play, because ironically, that is going to be the temperature as well. I'm a little worried that's going to affect this game. But uh, how do you how do you see my my Chiefs? How many points are they winning this game by? Yeah, I miss those Homer introductions. Let me tell you. <laughs> you could, you have my phone number. You can call me anytime, Marco. <laughs> this is a spot where it, you know it seems like you know you've been gone for two years, but we're saying the same story. Kansas yeah. City win and not cover. What's going on? And that's, that's the. the been the plan. We've had a few years where it looked like Andy Reid would take, you know, got his foot back on the gas. He learned not to do that, but now all of a sudden it seems like we're back to the old Andy Reid. 11-3 and three straight up, 5-9 and nine against the spread. Mm-hmm. And as you know out here in Vegas, that's the only thing that matters. We don't care about wins and losses. We care about against the spread. And Kansas City's been a problem. They've played three straight on the road, four of the last five on the road. That, I think, has been part of the problem. You've been going all over the place. In between all of those road games, you've had some big games sprinkled in there, like we said about the Kansas City-Cincinnati game a couple weeks ago, where the two teams went you know, back and forth, up and down the field. Earlier in the year, you had the same game with Buffalo, the meaningful game. This is one of those ones, now we're back at home. And for Seattle, unfortunately, it was a great start to the season, but the wheels have fallen off. They've lost four of their last five games. They are 0-5 straight up against the spread in those five games. It's been bad, but what's really been bad has been the defense. They've allowed 114 points over the last four games. What makes that worse is when you look at the four teams that they played. It's not offensive juggernauts. It's the Raiders. It's the Rams who are just decimated with injuries. It's Carolina and San Francisco without uh, Jimmy G. So this is a spot where I think Kansas City gets healthy, and all you got to do is don't turn the football over. Mm-hmm. That's been a problem uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, too many turnovers. If they keep it clean, they win this game easily. But the beauty of it is, and given the weather conditions, Run the football. Mm-hmm. Run the football in this one. Why? Because Seattle can't stop the run. They're ranked 31st in the NFL at stopping the run. They're allowing 161 yards per game on the ground. This should be a game where Kansas City gets out to the lead and run the football, protect the lead. I have them winning this one by 14. That covers the 10. That makes our Nick. Yes. Very happy. Very, very happy. That'll that'll warm up the fans in that stadium that are basically ice cubes while they're sitting out there. It's going to be so cold. And ca- Does that affect you at all when you look at like the over-unders for the week, when you look at those temperatures? 
Oh, you absolutely do. Now, the cold weather is not as big of a factor as wind, okay? When you've got wind involved in games, and people always overreact to the weather conditions, wind is the one you want to worry about, Mm -hmm. especially if your team is a one-dimensional team that they, you know, be high-octane offense, they're throwing the football all over the place. You get wind, that's a big problem. Uh, But other than that, snow, people always overreact to snow. Actually, you can get more snow, more scoring in a snow game uh, than you would expect because, remember, if you can still throw the football, the defender doesn't know where the receiver's going. Mm-hmm. So when you make that cut, the receiver's prepared to make that cut. The defender's always doing it on reaction, and that's where you can see somebody slip on a slick field. What happens if a defender slips? A seven-yard pass becomes, uh, you know, an 80-yard touchdown. We've Very seen good. that too often. My man, I need to get out to Vegas and come see you again, my friend. I miss you. Uh, it was fun when you guys were here. Got to get back out here. Marco, thank you for the time, man. We'll, we're going to be off the air next week, okay? So we'll catch up with you uh, in 2023. We appreciate the picks, man. Let's make some money this holiday season. You enjoy your Christmas. You guys too. Let's cash some tickets. Thanks, Marco. See you later. And by the way, you can follow him on Twitter at Marco D'Angelo Marco in Vegas. And then also download the Wager Talk app because that's where you can find all of his shows, all of his picks. It's a really good uh, product, too. So thank you to Marco. When we come back, Coriel is here. She has some new tires as well. We're going to get her picks when we come back. We'll see how she does this week.